Welcome to No Room for Phonies. End of February. We have made it through almost a full year in uh, quarantine, lockdown, coronavirus, and I know that people are feeling uh, pretty tired of um, everything, but I I feel like hope is around the corner. We have vaccines that seem to be rolling in, and so hopefully we can go back to um, opportunities to connect in real time and Hopefully we've learned some things. And one of the things that I have been uh, looking at and I want to share with you today is the top 10 keys to inner peace. So welcome to No Room for Phonies, the top 10 keys to inner peace. I want to first by talking about February's cocktail. I've actually been having a lot of fun um, trying out these uh, cocktails. So uh tonight actually is the last night for well the next this weekend is the last weekend for the Campari crush and we've discovered that our favorite version is Campari and Cointreau with blood orange soda and uh, club soda and lime and actually some actual blood orange juice which I um, bought some blood oranges and I actually made marmalade this week and I put some blood oranges in it not the skin because it's pretty bitter but um, blood orange uh, pulp so then March is around the corner and we're going to jump to the mule we're going to try a ginger and cranberry mule but then again the mule is a drink with many many versions but ours is going to have crushed ice two ounces of vodka, half a cup of frozen cranberries, and two and a half ounces of non-alcoholic ginger beer, and then three quarters of a cup of cranberry juice. So um, I don't know what your favorite version of the mule is, but there is Moscow mule. There's a million of them if you go and uh, look at it. So today I'm sipping tea. I'm updating you on my website. Uh, And I feel like I want a website because the website is the place where I can tell my story. So, so far, I have a homepage, I have a My Story page, and I have all the uh, episodes uh, downloaded. So, um, go have a look, noroomforphonies.com, no room with the number four for phonies. And I feel like everybody needs to be in charge of their own story, and that's part of the reason why I wanted this website. Um, I use the phrases applied meekness and humility um, through perspective to protect and tell my own story. So, um, and this is what I'm going to portray through my website. The website will be about providing for others, showing a variety of ideas and perspectives, showing my harness strength, my strength under control that shows um, my peace and my passions for things. I do know what I'm capable of and I want to share all aspects of that with others because I believe that that's how we make a difference. I've always been in a service environment where I was doing things for others and I don't think I'll ever exit that. I I just feel um, that my purpose in life is to make the world a better place to the best degree that I can. And not because I'm anything amazing, I'm just a regular person promoting choice and choosing to perform to my own mature capabilities the best I 
I, that I can. And this idea of showing strength under control has really hit me as a as something that I want to uh, investigate even more. And always remembering that whole idea that I'm good enough today, but I'm going to be better tomorrow and taking full responsibility for myself and humbly seeking to learn and grow, seeking truth, promoting unity, and continuing to become a strong, compassionate person. And I'm going to work hard in my own imperfect way to make the world a a better place. And I'm going to fight um, the resistance, the resistance to optimism, the resistance to connectedness, all that kind of uh, resistance. So in keeping with the theme, I just want to promote the podcast of the month, which is another one about stories. And so I'm promoting Oprah's masterclass, the podcast is very similar to the book that I promoted where um, her Super Soul Sundays, where she talks to some big voices on the planet, some famous voices on the planet. And so, uh, you know, it's on Apple and all the normal places that you can uh, find podcasts. And these people are all handpicked by Oprah. And then as the book of the month, I read The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And uh, what I liked about that book, and it's actually where I came up with the term resistance. And it's kind of the idea of it is that um, we have to fight resistance in all areas of our lives. We have to fight the resistance to say we aren't good enough or, or... you know, make your bed or do whatever it is you're doing, there's you can always make an excuse not to do it. It's it's a very interesting book. I, uh, as with any book, I, I didn't agree with all of it. But I did love the premise. And I encourage you to take a look. So the 10 keys to inner peace. So I'm going to start with number 10. I don't think any of them are more whatever than the other but I'm, I've just put them in this order. So the the number 10 for me is the is the stopping of excessive self blame. And instead turn self blame into self care. And the bottom line here is give yourself a break, take a break. And everything you've if you're working hard, and you're doing your best, and you're trying to fulfill your purpose, and you're, and you're working at growing and learning what you've done is good enough for today. You know, you are good enough. Choose a good time to um, reflect on three things that you're grateful for each day. I've talked a lot about gratitude, and I don't think you can say enough about it. Uh, It can be difficult to take care of yourself and others around you when you are like into negative self-talk or you're the bad news radio playing in the background. So getting out of that negative space... So settle it. You can lose your patience and still be a good partner and life partner and parent and everything else. You can still have the bad um, news radio playing and do an amazing job at life at the same time. And your job as a person is to turn down the volume. You, you, You can't switch it off, but you don't have to live by the bad news radio. And I call that realistic optimism you know yourself you know who you are 
and you all struggle with, we know that we all struggle with our inner voice and it's normal. It's, it's what, it, it's what makes us human. But if we turn down the volume and if we're mindfully aware of our inner voice and we let it know that we're in charge and sometimes you have to tell it off out loud. No, thank you, inner voice. Um, I, I, I don't need your input right now. And language has a powerful effect on our lives. We know that we've, we know that with our kids, we know that with our friends. You know, I, I sometimes think, oh, when people are trying to convince me of things, I think, you know, I've given up that whole idea that I have to be right. I have a perspective to, to share. And if you're interested in it, then that's great. And I'm certainly interested in yours. But it's not a battle to be right. And I think uh, we have to be powerful, powerful and strong and and kind and replace those I shoulds with I could and everything about life is a choice and we have to be empowered by our choices and the fact that we have choice over what we do. And also don't forget to blame yourself also for the good that happens in your life too instead of only focusing on the bad. Have you ever caught yourself like blaming your child's anxiety on your ability to parent? Um, counteract that by blaming the, your child's best quality on your good genes. And the thing is, I have more important things to focus on than self-blame. And I think that, that that's so important and certainly a key to inner peace or peace. Similarly, you need to, number nine, ditch that victim mentality. Here's the signs and symptoms of a victim mentality. You avoid responsibility. You don't seek solutions. You believe you lack the power to change your situation. Again, back to that negative self-talk and sabotage. Not building your self-confidence or your self-esteem. Frustration and anger and resentment just toward the world in general. And it can come from a good reason. Like if you've had a past trauma or betrayal or you've been involved in a codependent or manipulated situation, like it is normal to feel like a victim. But it's always a choice. And I think you have to understand feeling like a victim is a it, it that is real emotional pain and you have to cry it, grieve it rest but then you you have to move forward I watched a lot of kids when I was a teacher and you would think okay we've set everything up you know I, one of the biggest examples of it is a kid who was out of school and we were trying to you know get them back in school because of you know mental health issues and behavior and etc cetera, etc cetera. and everything was working and we were almost up to that full day attendance and then they would do something to self-sabotage, like something horrid, like attack somebody or throw a chair at someone's head or, you know, something terrible. And so um, getting out of that victim mentality is a, is a way to head towards a more peaceful existence. Number eight to me is uh, the people-pleasing. Be aware and I'm a people pleaser. And I think to some degree, a lot of people want others to be happy. And you, I go out of my way to make people happy. And 
And sometimes I do it to the point where I'm taking my own valuable resources away from myself. And, and I also always have to remember that I don't want to be a person that makes the world a better place out of a space of insecurity and lack of self-esteem. And for some people, just saying yes is a habit. So here's a couple of ideas for um, not being a people pleaser. Instead of just saying yes all the time, just say, let me get back to you. And I think that's a critical thing. Because I, I, when somebody asks me for something, it's like out of my mouth almost before I think about it sometimes. And so you need to kind of jump to your default bat answer is kind of being, well, let me get back to you. You can say that you have to check your schedule, your to-do list, your spouse, your whatever. So, but, but just buy yourself some time. And uh, it's probably easier to do by text, but I think it's a good thing um, to do that. And going along with that, um, it's the whole idea of delay. And don't worry about silence. If somebody asks you something, take a breath and take a moment, because that's where confidence and power come from, is that ability to pause and take that moment. And sometimes you just have to start with small no's. Like sometimes for me, one of my hardest no's is probably to my own kids because I want to help them. But sometimes you just have to say, ah, no, I'm not going to change the time that dinner is because you've made some plan. We're moving, we're eating and you can eat, make something yourself. Like you just have to make it about small things. And rewrite your stories, take control of your own story. And then you feel better about pleasing yourself rather than others all the time. And I think if you know your own goals and you're, and you rid yourself of people that are actually toxic in your life and taking advantage of you, and you stop apologizing for things, <clears throat> and only apologize when it's a real apology, and be um, internally validated instead of externally. And I've watched some people in my own life who this external validation where they feel needed by somebody is almost a, an addiction. And as they say, you're not pizza and you can't please everybody. So make sure you're pleasing the right people. So number seven, say goodbye to grudges. We all know that that's so important. Don't deny your anger or your grudge. Ex identify it, accept it, feel it, move on. And if you pray, pray for the strength to let it go. Have compassion. Remember, um, everyone is you meet is fighting some kind of battle that you're not aware of and you just don't know what people are going through. And often the behavior towards you is more about them than about you. And I do think you have to reach out and find good in every situation. And, and we do grow through struggle. And we have to look for the silver lining. And you have to not mourn the past, but embrace the future. So, you know, you acknowledge I was wronged. Um, you know, at Write it in a journal or in a letter that you may never send to the person. 
just let getting the truth out there is is incredibly powerful. Um, when I was very badly wronged in a job situation, I did write the whole story. It was a seven page story. And I sent it to the people because they needed to know some things. But I knew they didn't have the inner strength or the um, whatever you want to call it to actually deal with the situation. So I had to decide to forgive. And that's a gift to yourself. And it doesn't mean that you forget. I would never uh, work for these people or support these people or help these people in any way. I I don't trust them. But um, because I know I'm never going to get that other person to act differently. So and sometimes you just need to also forgive yourself. Maybe you didn't react exactly as you had hoped you would react when somebody confronted you and you just have to forgive yourself. And forgiveness is not about condoning a behavior. If I accept something, it doesn't mean that I agree with it. And um, it's really hard sometimes when you have a really well-practiced sense of justice and fairness and you feel that if you kind of abandon the fight that um, there's something wrong. And I've learned a lot about that. I've abandoned so many fights. And when I realize that a person is going down a path that they're going to go down, I'm, I'm, and they don't want to hear it from me, I'm like, I'm not going to, my perspective, if you don't want my perspective, then you don't want it. And I, I'm not going to force that on you. And sometimes you just have to um, ask yourself why you're hanging on to something. Why are you holding this grudge? Like, why? why? You got to get rid of it and make room for healthier things. There's way more benefits to forgive and let go. And one of those benefits is for sure peace and Sometimes when you just keep thinking about the same thing over and over again, I mean, I've had this experience and I know this is a terrible thing and I can't even imagine going through it, but they've lost someone close, like a child or something in a terrible accident. And, you know, I've visited them and they go over it every time. And it's like you're re-traumatizing yourself. And I feel that that would be very normal at the beginning. But after five, 10 years or something, you need to get help if you can, if you are re-traumatizing yourself. And sometimes then that defines you. People can forgive horrible, 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 horrible wrongs, even terrible crimes. And because if you don't, then that's who you are. You are that person who was wronged by so-and-so. And people know you that way because that's... Um, that's who you are. And even the most patient listener will grow weary of hearing that story about how that person did this horrible thing to you. And so um, sometimes that's where honesty and uh, actually compassion come in. And you have to say at some point, like, I can't keep hearing that anymore. I'm I, I, we have to talk about something else, like how can we move on here? Because it's not healthy for you or them. 
Empathy does enable forgiveness, recognizing the other person's perspective. And I've talked about this a lot. And I've learned this in my own life. And when somebody is really having that reaction to you, you have to realize, of course, you're going to self examine and go, did I do something that, you know, it nobody deserves to be treated horribly but have I really done something to this person of course you're going to have that but thinking about it from the other person's perspective and really understanding um, that you know somebody is really going through some pretty heavy stuff right now and and they're maybe taking it out on you that's a form of grace and grace is almost advanced uh, forgiveness. It, you almost prepackage your your forgiveness and set it up, uh, on a shelf, so that when you know, in anticipation of some hurtful thing that's going to happen, and then you pull out your grace and you say, "Yeah, I have grace for that." That doesn't mean that you don't set boundaries and you don't say, "Hey, you know, you can't really talk to me that way." And going forward, we need to find a better way to sort things out but you can have grace for people. And, and that is a, a peaceful place to live. So number six for keys to uh, peace is to stop choosing perfection. The first step is to acknowledge it and say, and let go of it. You have to say, I admit I'm a perfectionist. Um, not as a label, but as a truth. I don't like labels, but as a truth, I'm a perfectionist, yes. By seeing it as a behavior, you can change it. I mean, when I was a principal and I had to help uh, deal with teachers sometimes, I had to think, sort out, like, you know, coming to work late is a behavior. Not being able to, um, like, discipline in your classroom is something that you need help. Like, <laughs> you can't just say you need to stop that behavior. You have to support someone in learning strategies to do it better. So if you acknowledge perfectionism as a behavior, then it's not part of your identity. It's just something you do. Um, and I think it feeds something in us, right? Oh, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a, I'm a type A personality. And we choose those beliefs, right? And so part of what I would do is when I was getting into perfectionist mode as I would kind of think, okay, what's the worst case scenario if I don't do this, 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 and this? And I was listening to a book the other day and it was about a a person who was working in a law firm, probably as a clerk, and it was her job to, um, you know, check through briefs and whatever, and make sure they were all right. And she was a perfectionist about it. So she started by, um, you know, n not checking it through 12 times, just checking it through, you know, five times, and then letting it, you know, so she just worked her way out of that um, sort of one at a time, um, one step at a time, letting go of that perfectionism. And I think one of the areas in my life, which will sound crazy, is in entertaining. When I was first married and first had my own place, I mean, I would agonize over every detail and I'd spend the whole evening in the kitchen and 
everything, whatever. And I still like things nice for people, but um, if something burns or whatever, I mean, I that's probably one of the areas that I struggle the most. But I think you have to identify the, the standards that are actually needed for the situation. Yeah, it should be tasty, it should be good, it shouldn't be burnt. But the other standard that I want as well is that um, I want to be able to spend time with my guests. So if things are so crazy that I can't even be in the same room or talk or do anything, then that makes no sense. So maybe just lasagna and garlic bread and salad are amazing because those things are, but they're delicious. So, you know, I think, and there are times for gourmet cooking, of course, but I think that's all in and but gourmet cooking should be about gourmet cooking, not perfection. And again, you go back to self talk, right? You can talk yourself pretty much out of anything. And the other thing is you uh, that I have said as well is, you want to do things within time frames, right? Like you don't want to spend a whole day doing one thing just because you want it perfect. And that's one of the things that I've learned with quilting, because there's a seam not matching, and then there's a seam not matching. If you look at it, and it looks good, and it might be a 16th or a 100th of an inch, you know, off, you, it's handmade, you, ha- you have to get over it. But if you look at it, and you can see, wow, that is a real problem. So but you can't spend if if you tried to get it perfect, you would never finish a quilt. And um, sometimes you just need to experiment with lack of perfection. You know, all of a sudden, don't spend seven hours on a meal when company's coming and see if you still get people enjoying the meal in the evening. And then you can go, hey, maybe I don't need to. So getting out of that sort of idea that everything has to be perfect is a more peaceful place to live. Number five is to practice mindfulness and find your own kind of uh, meditation. So I'm not a yoga person. I'm not a like meditating person. Uh, I medit like a state of meditation for me is reading, walking, um, knitting, crocheting, um, quilting sometimes if unless I get into a thing where I'm having a hard time but even cleaning to me puts me in a meditative state like right now I've been washing down my walls with a mixture of like a two tablespoons of Tide um, powdered Tide and a quarter cup of bleach in a bucket and it cleans everything amazing so I've been washing walls and baseboards and all that sort of stuff that's meditative for me So I think you have to kind of have a mindful wake up with a purpose and a flexible routine. I think you have to be mindful in your eating, enjoy every mouthful and make it fit your values and goals. And then I also think you need to find mindful pause, slow down your, um, your brain and find your meditative place, reading, walking, thinking, writing, yoga, whatever it is. Mindful exercise for sure. And mindful driving. I've read this uh, and I thought, yeah, when do we get so wound up, right? And remembering to breathe and focus on the outcome and not the moment. 
and be responsible for our own decisions. Yeah, you can let someone ahead of you or let someone pass you and the world won't come to an end. Again, um, number four is to constantly challenge your negative thinking. And there are so many things that can be said to you that you can say inside your head, I'm a failure, I'm weak. I wish I was a better person. I've let people down. No one understands me. I'm worthless. I can't get it together. I'm not worth it. I wish I was somewhere somewhere else. And I think you have to do cognitive restructuring. You have to identify the problematic cognitions known as automatic thoughts. And I have these like, um, I'm stupid is mine. Oh, I'm so stupid. And that is an automatic thought for me when I do something. And it doesn't work out. And um, that is distorted, because I am not stupid. And I can finish things and I am worth it. So you have to rationally dispute those automatic thoughts by asking yourself, am I really that? No. What proof do I have that I am that? And to develop that rational rebuttal of your thoughts. And, you know, positive affirmations can also help. Like if you are really going to, through a time when you're having some negative thoughts because of maybe something that's happened, write out five or 10 uh, affirmations and hang them on your mirror so that you have a a way of getting positive automatic thoughts into your brain. Number three for me is to practice non-attachment and non-expectations and non-control. And then I feel a lot more at peace. Expect no validation, no praise. Find motivation in uh, and fulfillment in giving without receiving. Don't expect people to understand your point of view. Practice realistic optimism. Know your core values and find the fulfillment from living out your core values. Look for ways to find joy. Embrace silliness. Find solutions to the things that are standing in the way of your peace. And then accept what others, you know, give without any judgment whatsoever. Number two for me is to avoid greed and defensiveness and comparing. So greedy people are the me, me, me people and envy and greed are twins. So comparing yourselves to others and feeling that way is is not going to bring you any peace. Lack of empathy is another sign of greedy people. Um... So I don't think any of us necessarily are, you know, greedy, horrible, but I think our biggest issue is the comparison people, the comparison part. And it takes away your satisfaction and it takes away your joy. And it can, greed is and manipulation go hand in hand. And you know, you've, I've been in a situation where I have come up with something amazing at work and someone has stolen it and taken credit for it. And that is done by a greedy person. And I think that most of the time when we're greedy or comparison, we're only thinking about the short run. We're not thinking about 
the long run. We're thinking about the material things or the number of friends we have or the busyness that we can say we have and all that stuff. That is, you know, that takes away, to me, that takes away your peace. And number one for me is the opening of my heart. That's what brings me peace to striving for these healthy, deeply connected relationships that include mutual uh, respect. They support my work, my dreams. They don't overstep boundaries. And uh, uh, those are the kinds of, you know, heart opening relationships, you know, places where you feel threat, you don't feel threatened, you feel safe open and honest communication and compromise and equality and independence and support and privacy. So, you know, like just opening your heart to people. I mean, I open my heart to everybody, but um, I put up boundaries with people when I feel like the relationship is not going to go in what I would consider to be a healthy direction. And here's some warning signs of a toxic relationship. Intensity. Sometimes a friendship will go for like from zero to a hundred and you're wait, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, right? You you need it needs a little space. If if someone will makes you feel isolated from other um people, if they seem extremely jealous or they belittle you or they're volatile. Those are relationships to really um, be careful of. But um, those are my top 10. And uh, I think that if you uh, think about those things, uh, you will, uh, those are keys to inner peace. So stop blaming yourself. Number 10, ditch your victim mentality. Be aware of people pleasing. Say goodbye to all those grudges. And, uh, sorry, I'm struggling with getting down. Stop choosing perfection. That's a, that's a big one for me. I'm really working on that. Uh, being mindful and finding your place of meditation and gratitude I talk constantly challenging those negative thoughts, cog that cognitive restructuring that you really do need to do, avoiding greed, defensiveness and comparison, and practicing non-attachment and non-expectations and non-control. And then finally, just open up your heart and look for those healthy, deep connections and those are the keys to peace. And I think like everything else that I have discovered in my life, peace is a journey, just like um, everything I have done um, so far, I have just found it uh, to be a journey. And uh, so I'm going to continue with my top 10. And uh, next time I'm going to go a little light, top 10 light. And I am going to do my top 10 things that I like to do in the kitchen. So some of my favorite canning recipes, uh, meals, like all kinds of things that I've made and done and whatever. So and then I'm going to uh, 
post them all on the website, but the top 10 things that I have made in the kitchen. So get ready for that a little bit different. But I hope that this has given you an opportunity to kind of reflect on um, how important it is to find that place of peace in your life, and some of the things that you can do uh, to to get there. So the top 10 keys to inner peace. Thanks for joining me here on No Room for Phonies.